things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chotty? Yeah. Oh, um, this is a podcast for imperfect people, and uh, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, guys? Chadi here. Welcome to episode 10 of uh, season 6. Today we are talking uh, thriving in Babylon, because that's what we've been talking about all season. Um, I'm super excited uh, to talk about this. This has, been, um, this has been a hard episode to mine out for a number of reasons. One, um, I don't like to change things in the middle of a season, and the Lord has really been working out something in me. And so definitely this episode is God working something out in me, so I'm definitely talking through stuff I'm actually uh, walking through. So per the usual, this should be fun. Um, <laughs> so far on this season, we have talked through how to navigate difficult seasons, and we dav- navigate difficult seasons by uh, being determined, by being faithful, by having an even-if attitude, uh, by having a sense of remembering, uh, living set apart, living victoriously, uh, embracing our dreams, uh, being a visionary, um, oh my gosh, by praying. Um, and today we're going to talk about something that is super-duper close to my heart, like super, super close to my heart. Um, I love Daniel. Daniel is probably one of my favorite people in the Bible and to talk about, to teach about, because to me, he's like super duper relatable. And we find him in uh, chapter 10 being even more relatable as we find him in chapter 10 crying in a corner. So if you want to thrive in Babylon, if you want to thrive in difficult seasons, find a corner. And that's what we're talking about today. Um, and you guys are like, don't you like have an entire podcast on this? Like, why are we talking about it again? We're talking about it again, dude, because I cry in corners is not a, an excuse for you to be an emotional head case. Crying in corners takes a lot of maturity. It takes um, a lot of emotional health. Uh, what it does is it, it's, a, to me, I cry in corners, the concept, when I started processing it, when I started this whole thing, it was a leadership principle. It was a life hack. It's how I live my life. Jesus, and I talk about this in the very first episode of the podcast, what are we in pod? We're in, we're in 60 right now. In the very first episode, I talk about how Jesus, when he was the most overwhelmed, when he was the most distressed, he took time away to get with God. And people that want to thrive in difficult seasons know that. They know that they need God. They know that they need to take time away to seek God, to pray, to gain his voice, to gain his momentum, to gain his presence, because the more in his presence they are, the more at peace they'll be. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. I'm over the COVID. Bye, by the way. By the way, this girl, negative. Okay. For you guys that didn't know, I had the COVID-19, but my house is now COVID-free in the name of Jesus. I'm real excited. Heading back to work tomorrow and uh, back to the grind. And so by the time you hear this, I'll have been at work for six to eight weeks. So whatever, that's no longer pertinent. Anyways, leadership principle, life hack. People that are emotionally healthy, people that are emotionally mature know that they need to walk away and cry in a corner. And by crying in a corner, that means have your moment, but don't let the moment have you. That means being able to work out and grieve certain situations and be able to walk away with uh, understanding that God is the one working it out in you, through you, for you. And um, 
Yeah, and, and not being a bitter pants because of it. And so we find Daniel. Daniel, in the third year of King Cyrus' reign over the Persian Empire, Daniel, who had been named Belshazzar, Belshazzar by his uh, Babylonian captors, received a word from God through another vision. Dude's getting vision, more vision. The message proved reliable, and it had to do with the great war. And Daniel understood the word and gained insight into the future through the vision. Daniel understood the word. I want you to remember that because we're going to come back to that, okay? Daniel understood the word. Um, so when I received this vision, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three weeks. I had eaten very little, no meat, no rich foods at all. I'd enjoyed the taste of wine, nor had used any oil. So pretty much he was smelly pants. I continued this way throughout three weeks. The vision came to me in the 24th day of the first month. And as I was on the bank of the Tigris River, I lifted my eyes and I saw what seemed uh, first as a man dressed in linen clothing. Around his waist was a belt made with the purest gold. His body had the appearance of yellow topaz. His face was bright like flashes of lightning. His eyes flamed like torches. His arms and legs sparkled like polished bronze. His voice sounded like thunder. And I, Daniel, alone saw this man and heard his voice. Uh, there were others around me who did not see uh, this sight, but they were still overcome with fear and ran and hide. I did not. I was left alone to witness this glorious sight. My strength soon left me and my face was drained into a natural color and I was confused and I had no energy. And then I heard his voice and I caught the sound of his words. And as I did, I fell into a deep sleep. My face pressed on the ground and just then a mighty hand touched me and lifted my trembling body into his hands. Daniel, you are highly regarded by God. I have been sent to help you understand the destiny of your people. Stand up and listen carefully to what I'm going to tell you. And as he spoke, I so slowly rose to my feet even though I was still shaking. And he said, do not be afraid, Daniel. From the very first day that I began to you, be you began to pursue understanding and humble yourself, your God, um, before, before your God, your words have been heard. And so he goes on, okay, this messenger, he goes on and he gives uh, Daniel under he, even more understanding of what he has actually seen. And Daniel says <clears throat> in 17, uh, no, in 16, my Lord, what I've seen has left me utterly depressed. I have seen no strength left. How can I, your humble servant, even begin to address something like you? My Lord, my strength is gone and I can hardly catch my breath. And then in 18, he says again, the one who looked like a man reached out and touched him. And I felt my strength begin to return to me. Remember the word strength. Do not be afraid. You are highly regarded by God. May peace rest on you and make you whole. Be strong. Be brave. Please continue, my Lord, for your words have given me strength. Strength. So then he goes on, the messenger, and he says, Do you realize now the reason I've come to you? Soon I must return to continue the fight with the spirit of the prince of Persia. And when I do, the spirit prince of Greece will come to battle. Nevertheless, I will tell you what is inscribed in the scroll. No one stands with me against the guardians except for Michael, your heavenly prince. Yeah. Okay. Chadi, what the heck does it have to do with crying in a corner? We find Daniel crying in a corner. He's grieving. And let me tell you why he's grieving. He's grieving because he's now 80-something years old, 84-ish, and um, he's been kidnapped. He lives in Babylon, and even though he's living a good, good life in Babylon, and he's done really well for himself, he's still a eunuch, he's still kidnapped, he's still not living in Jerusalem, he's still um, a noble person who's living in exile in a country that he was never, having to serve another king. He, he, even though it's good, it wasn't what God had technically intended for him. But he did good by it, and God blessed him there. And so now, the first wave of exiles are being returned back to Jerusalem with Ezra. And he's now too old to go back. And so as I, I know that because I, I've been studying Daniel. And so the reason why I know that is because in the third year of King Cyrus's reign, they say that. 
hey, this is when it was actually happened. And Daniel has this vision, but he's also in mourning. People who um, want to thrive in difficult seasons, they cry in corners, right? That's what I said. That's what this whole thing's about. Go find yourself a corner. But what I love so much about this is he gained three things by doing this. He gained this vision. He gained this vision, right? God gave him this incredible vision that he actually understood, that gave him strength, that he found security in. That God gave him understanding. God gave him strength and that he found security in. And he did it in a moment where he was mourning. And so the first thing I want to say is if you want to thrive in difficult seasons, you got to be able to grieve your season. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what relationships you're walking through. I don't know what situations you're walking through. But people who thrive are able to look at their season, grieve and take in everything they need to in that season, learn from it, and move on. He had every right to be upset. Like and when I first read this, I was like, oh, he's fasting. That's cool. And then I read a couple commentaries, and he's not fasting. He's mourning. He's grieving. Like, he's not partying because everybody and their mother's going back to Jerusalem. He's, he's, he's like, that's, that kind of sucks. I kind of wanted to go back. But because he's so high up in Babylon, it actually would be a disservice to his people for him to go back. It actually would be great for him to stay there. I read this and I read this and I see a man who's, who's sad about it. But in his sad about it, in his moment where he's, he's mourning, he's taking a moment to say, okay, this is what it is what it is. He finally has a vision and it says Daniel understood the word and gained insight into the future. God gave him this vision, the one that he actually understood in a season of mourning. I don't know what you're walking through, but there's a level of understanding that God's trying to build out in you that's only going to happen in a season of mourning. That's only going to happen in an I cry in corner situation. God wants to give you understanding. God wants to give you a heavenly perspective. God wants to invade your temporal life, even in the seasons of mourning, even in the seasons where things are the most overwhelming. You know, my grandfather um, passed away about a year and a half ago, and um, we were really close. I haven't really talked about his death because it was really tragic. And, um, I don't want to give details or anything, but it was a surprise and, um, it was tragic. So I'll just say that. And, um, I remember when I got the phone call and we were all, it was the day after Thanksgiving. And my sister says that I kind of like choked up on the phone and I just started like crying for my dad. Like my dad was sitting next to me at breakfast and I just started, you know, dad, 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 you know, and that next 48 hours, I, I mean, it was like, I was living like a zombie. I was living like a zombie, man. Like I couldn't process any of it. And I spent the next couple weeks just in mourning in mourning. And, um, because we were so close and because it was so tragic, I realized that I had moved on too fast. I had moved on too fast. And so I, <laughs> I went to my boss and I said, I need to take some time off. And I, I took a week and I went to Montana. And um, dude, it was like that week changed my life. It was like, I remember sitting there by myself, like 
looking at the mountains and looking at the things he would have loved to have seen and reminiscing and processing and grieving his loss. And it was in that week, God gave me so many things back. Like I would have never written my book. I would have never released it. I had it for three years and never released it if I wouldn't have gone to Montana. The things I did in Montana, I would have never done. I would have never put snowshoes on. I would have never gone and watched my friends fly fish and sat in a boat. Like, I don't do boats. Like, I got my yes back in Montana. There's a lot God gave me back in Montana. But Montana came out of a season of grieving. It came out of me realizing I needed to take a moment and sit back. And I gained such an epic level of understanding and strength and security in taking a step back to grieve that moment, to grieve my grandfather. And I read this about Daniel now and I see him, he's grieving. And in his grieving, he gains such a beautiful understanding of what is to come. Not only that, the angel kept telling him, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. You're highly regarded, you're highly regarded. And then he goes on to say, with, I love, it was 18, again, the one who looked like a man reached out and touched me twice. He's touched by, 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 an, by uh, I think it's like Gabriel. And he says, I felt my strength begin to return. Please continue, my Lord, for your words have given me strength. Like when you find yourself in these seasons where you need to grieve loss, when you find yourself in seasons where you need to grieve a season and move on, and I'll tell you what you find in those seasons is strength. Not only did he find understanding, but he found strength. God, what is it in the Bible where it talks about how God is the closest to the, to the brokenhearted? Um, I think that in moments where we're the most grieved, where we're sad or we're moving through something or we're processing something, I feel like both times he reached out and like, I feel like God just wants to hold on to us. And it's in his... He said, your words have given me strength. Like, if you find yourself in a season that you're like, I don't know, I don't know what God's doing in this season. I'm grieving this season. I'm like, I think a lot of times we don't even realize we need to grieve the season. Sometimes relationships end. Sometimes things come to a close. I think most of us are grieving this whole, our whole world has changed. It's okay to grieve that. It's okay to be upset about having to wear a mask. Dude, I've had COVID for four weeks. It's okay to navigate what my life's going to look really different. I'm, I, I'm going to have some legit residual health things because of this. Like I have to be very careful about certain things moving forward for the rest of my life because of my asthma, because of like, I'm going to have to grieve some things for some things that I used to do before that I can't do anymore. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you've been walking through this whole season, but I will tell you, I will tell you that there is a strength that can be built up in you, but it's built up by God's word and it's, it's built up by his touch and his presence. And if you want to find yourself thriving in a difficult season, dude, get in that corner, focus on whatever moment you're in, grieve the moment and understand he's going to give you understanding in that moment. And he's going to give you strength in that moment. He literally was like, I was depressed. I have no strength left. How can your humble servant even begin to address you? And he's like, he looked at the man, the man reached out and touched him. Dude, that man, he had to be close. God is so close. 
I feel like sometimes in sad seasons and difficult seasons, we think God is the farthest away, but if he's a whisper, if the Holy Spirit's like a whisper, how close does that whisper have to be? I've said this before countless times, but if you can't hear him, what else is so loud in your world that you're allowing that to be louder than him? I don't want anything ever again. If I've learned anything in this last season, it's I don't want anything else to ever be louder than his voice in my life. Ever. God, I need you to be the loudest. I need your love to be the loudest. I need your strength. I need your understanding to be the loudest, God. Because, dude, Daniel, man, like, you know what it is to be 80 years old. You know what I wonder how he felt? I wonder if he felt like um, Moses. Like, hey, there's the promised land. You don't get to see it. You don't get to go. Like, you, you took everybody there, but you don't get to step into it. Like, I wonder if Daniel was just like, for real? After lion's dens and I'm stuck here, I don't even get to go back. I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. That's what I think that's what I would be thinking. I don't know. Daniel was way cooler than all of us. So then the angel of the Lord not only is... Not only did Daniel step away, he's in this corner, he's mourning, he's grieving a season, and he finds understanding and he finds strength, but he, like, there's security in this. So this angel's like, hey man, my bad, I didn't come earlier, I was fighting the Prince of Persia back here, which is actually kind of cool, because that means that, you know, principal, you know, you guys know there's like principalities and they're fighting, it's not just, you know, we fight against not flesh and blood, but you know, you know that verse, right? Okay, I'm not even going to try to attempt it, I'm going to put it, anyways, point is, there's a lot of spiritual warfare going on in life, in your life, in this life. And he's like, but no one stands with me against the guardians except for Michael, your heavenly prince. Bro, Daniel was so cool. Michael, like archangel, divine counsel of the living God, Elohim guy, is his personal bodyguard guy. Like, that's pretty cool, dude. That's pretty cool to be so regarded by God that, you know, I, like, you don't really hear about Gabriel and Michael a whole lot. You only hear about them a couple times. Like, they, you know, hey, Mary, have you met Gabriel? Like, he's only a couple times in the word of God. And the, he went and talked to Daniel. Like, God sent him specifically to go talk to Daniel. Like, in a season of mourning, when he was sad, bare, and hadn't taken a shower in a while. Like, he was mourning. He wasn't at his best. Some of you are wondering, like, you're not at your best and you think God can't use you. Guess what? He doesn't need you at your best. He needs you at your yes. And I don't mean that to rhyme. I just feel like it works. He doesn't need you at your best. He needs you at surrendered. He needs you at obedience. Even though homeboy was sad bear, even though he hadn't taken a shower, guess what? He, he was still the only one who saw that sight. There were other people there who left. Other people there who didn't get to see it. Other people that were filled with fear. I love it. He said, I did not. I, Daniel, alone saw the man and heard his voice. Though there were others around me who did not see the sight, they were still overcome with fear and ran and hide. I did not. Even in his mourning, I did not. Even in his sad bear, he did not. God wants to show up. He wants to show you some stuff. He wants to give you some understanding. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. But you have the ability to stand on that river's edge and say, I'm not running away from this. And I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what that is for you. This has been a weird season. I mean, the cat was here at one point. I don't know. Done a lot of crying. I had COVID, you know, but I will tell you this. We as a family, we as the church, the big church, the bride of Christ, bro, we've got to grieve this season and move on. 
We're never going back to normal. Church is never going to be normal. How we talk about Jesus is never going to be normal. Uh, the world is changing. The culture has shifted. And the way we represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has to change as well. It has to. It has to. We are so past um, uh, one-liners and um, everything trying to be polished and, and the best of the best. At this point, we just got to love people the best of the best. How we love people in this next season matters. If you want to find security, if you want to find strength, if you want to find understanding, then you need to grieve this season, my friends. If you want to find understanding of how to go on to the next season, you need to take a minute and grieve the season. It's gone. Bye. All you guys that work at churches that watch and listen to my podcast, it's never going to go back to the same. You guys are like, it has gone back, but it's never going to. You think it is, but it's not. You guys that are like, I just really want to get together and like have church in your home. Learn how to be the priest of your home. Okay. Like at this point, we need to be so in the word ourselves that if the internet goes out or the pastor can't preach or whatever, like how are you, how are you pushing forward the kingdom in your homes? How are you pushing the kingdom in your neighborhoods? How are you pushing the kingdom forward in your schools? How are you pushing the kingdom forward in your jobs? That's where we need to be focused on in this next season. So grieve. Grieve what was because it was already. And now we're moving forward. And God wants to give you understanding. In the other chapters, he didn't really understand the vision. It literally says Daniel understood the word and gained insight into the future through the vision. I want even in my darkest, even in my worst, even in my smelly. That God will still love me enough to send vision. That God will still love me enough to send a heavenly understanding. And that when everyone else runs away, I refuse. And that I'll still stand there even though I feel the worst of the worst. And that I will still press through to gain understanding. Because I know that God has sent warring angels on my behalf. And he sent warring angels on your behalf. And just by his words, just by his touch, just by his reach out, that it will bring a sense of strength to you. It's here. It's in the word. It's in the word. And I believe it for you, my friend. I believe it for me. I believe it for us. This is a season where we're meant to thrive in Babylon. We're meant to thrive in difficult seasons. We're meant to thrive when nobody else will. So let's be those people that thrive. Let's be those people that don't give up. Let's be those people that are determined no matter what, that we're going to be faithful, that we're going to have an even if attitude, that we're going to set ourselves apart, that we're going to, in moments where things seem crazy, we're going to remember what God has already done. We're going to be visionaries and dreamers. We're going to pray and seek God. We are going to live from a place of victory. And when all else fails, we'll find a corner. <laughs> Bro, I can't believe that this, 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 is, this is what I'm talking about. If you want to thrive in Babylon, find a corner. <laughs> because uh, it's in that corner where you'll find uh, understanding, where you'll find strength, and uh, where you'll find security. I believe in you. I love you, weirdos. <laughs>